Presents Discussing Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I am Kyle Jones, and I want to start by welcoming this week Lee Shackelford. Lee, how are you? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Cool. I'm watching you on video, and I like your headphones. They're blue. Yes, uh, I even I have a an avatar that I use on some uh, some things that that has this uh, these these headphones in it. I mean, I, uh-huh. when it when it offered that as an option, I said that's perfect. Perfect. Well, welcome. Welcome back. Glad you're here. Thank you. Clarence Brown, welcome back. How are you? Doing well, man. Glad to be back with you guys. Talk about some who? Absolutely talk about (laughs) some who. Well, I actually have some news. I saw this this morning. I read it real quick before going to work, and I said this will be perfect for recording tonight. I found this article on CBR.com, comicbookresources.com, and it was ranking the series of Doctor Who 2005 to the present, basically what was the top and what was the bottom. So question, Clarence, I'm going to put it first to you. Out of 2005 forward, series 1 through 12, what series do you think was at the bottom? Oh, yikes. Um, uh, 2005 to yes. now? What was the date? Yep. 2005 till now. I would say probably Chibnall's last season is probably going to be at the bottom. So series 12, the last one. Yeah. All yeah. right. Lee, what say you? Yeah. Either that or one of uh, Peter Capaldi's years, possibly. Okay. But yeah. So I actually thought it would be series 11, but it wasn't series 11. It was actually series 12. Series 12 was at the mm. very bottom, ranked not by CBR, but ranked by people who had rated it on IMDb. So Series 12 came in 12th place. Series 11 came in 11th place. Oh, come on, But Series people. what came in first place? Oh, wow. Um, that, see, that, that's where it gets really hard. Um. I would say either Matt Smith first series, and I don't know the numbers. So series five, here. Matt Smith first one, or e- either that, or maybe Tenet's first. Okay, Lee, what do you think? Just because it's an IMDb poll, I'm going to go with series six. Hmm. Okay, those were I don't remember, and I should have written them all down or had the reference, but yeah, I actually picked the top one. Hmm. Series four, series four, Tenant's last season with Donna mm. Noble was ranked by IMDb people as the best one well, out of all. There's some good stuff in there. There is. I'm sorry. Dude, dude. It's, I love Donna. It introduced River. Mm-hmm. 
That's true. Does that include those four episodes that everybody hates? Mm. The extra HD episodes? That, that was equating that into the same. I guess it's not the same mm. series, though. They're called the tenant specials, mm-hmm. but depending ah, on where okay. you're looking, you know, you can look at them as I've seen it, whereas series four, episode 16 or seven. But then again, I've also seen them as the David Tennant specials or the mm-hmm. 2009 special. So I yeah. think it's wherever you, but that series proper, I think those 13 episodes from Partners in Crime to Journey's End was ranked as the top. Yeah. Yeah, that's solid. Cool. Mm. So, gentlemen, any other news that you guys know of in the Who-related world? Not really. Not that I'm aware of. I think it feels like there should be. but Yeah, it really does. But I I don't think there is any. No news on the upcoming season yet? Mm, Nothing more than I've seen some rumors on YouTube. And I, I I think this is where people see a picture or they hear something and then they make a YouTube video about it saying yes. uh, possible. I actually listened to one of them. I won't name what it was, namely because I don't remember what it was. Right. But the guy basically said, I named this title for this video, this title, basically to get you to watch it. <laughs> so I'm like, gotcha. I quit watching you as soon as you said that. But but what I keep seeing over and over is Chibnall wants Joe Martin as the 14th doctor, BBC wants a man. And that, not just this person, but other people. See, this evidently is a rumor going around. That hmm. you started. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. I do like <laughs> her. Yeah. I do. <laughs> but maybe if, if I am the source of the rumor, then maybe it's a good rumor. Maybe it'll come true because mm-hmm. I really do like her. Mm-hmm. So anything else, gentlemen, before we get started? Nothing leaps to mind. And like you say, it seems like there ought to be something. We're overlooking the obvious, but I don't know. Well, I would say if we're overlooking the obvious, everyone that's hearing us and screaming through the headphones, through right. your earphones, in your car listening to us, saying, oh, my God, Dude, how can dummies. you forget that? Let us know. And Clarence, how would they subscribe to us and let us know or them know about us oh yeah you can support the show by subscribing leaving a review and telling a friend if you have a review idea please send that along with anything else as cal says you want us to know to discussing who at gmail.com or hit us up at discussing who on any and all social medias all righty so let us get right into it and that tells me that it is time for me to say, if you have not seen The Bells of St. John, put us on pause, go out, watch the episode, come back, because from this moment forward, spoilers. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Spoilers? What spoilers? And I killed Sparky, too. Alrighty, we are back to review The Bells of St. John. And for the first time ever on episode info, I have nothing written. So I will tell you that The Bells of St. John is the first part of the second half of Series 7, the 2013 part of Series 7 of Doctor Who. It starred Matt Smith as the 11th Doctor, and it starred Jenna Coleman as Clara Oswald. So, summary view, 
Clarence, I have to start with you. Clara Oswald is here. Summary view. What say you? Uh, it was good to see Jenna Coleman again. Uh, Who? <laughs> I think I really like this episode. Uh, again, only my second time seeing it. Uh, very, very interesting story. I'll say that. I love that we are squarely into the tech side of things here, which, um, you know, I, I, I like the way it was done in this episode as opposed to some of the earlier episodes where they tried to fool around in the internet techie stuff. So I, I really liked it here. Um, I thought some of the special effects were really good. Of course, Jenna Coleman was, was great as well as Matt Smith in this episode. So I think overall, I really enjoyed it. I love the through line we're bringing back from the previous episode of, of the overarching enemy. Um, so I, I I think I liked it. I'm not sure about love, but good episode. Okay, so I'm, I'm curious to get into it to see. I thought you'd be jumping out of your seat for this one. So I'm curious to get into it. I had not seen this in a very, very long time, and I had forgotten how much I enjoyed it. Uh, to me, this uh, to me this is new. Who this is? This has everything that I I feel like I want out of an episode of Doctor Who. So I was I was just delighted with it. So I'm like you, Lee. I've not seen this in a while, and it's not because I don't like it. It's just I haven't seen it in a while. It's not one of my milestone episodes, but I think this served as a good season seven part two starter. You know, it felt like a season opener as not a season opener. I, I think they did a very good job of taking one part of the season and making it a mini season, having a bookend for Christmas and having another fresh mini start here. It felt fresh and I liked that. I agree that this is everything I want from Doctor Who because there's a point in there that I find myself physically smiling in the story <laughs> because it's fun. I'm having fun yes. watching the characters. And I love that. I think that's really, really, really important. So, so I, I liked it. That's my summary view. This gave me sort of that, that feeling I have from 90s Trek. At the end of it, I'm just like smiling <laughs> because the episode was so good. Yeah. So I, I guess I really did like it because like you, it, when the when the final uh, screen was shown, final frame was shown, I was smiling. So I, it must have been pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, you said the word fun, and I think that's a good operative word. Fun. Just fun. And I'm thinking, you know, during this episode, why haven't we seen Jodie Whittaker ride a motorcycle up the side of the shark? You know? Because she could totally... There's no reason why she shouldn't. I just, couldn't. No. No. It's just, it's not in the script. It's like, why isn't it? Why Why doesn't the 13th Doctor... Yeah. Well, she had her, they had her, she had her plane scene. I don't know if it was as good as this one, but <laughs> she, she did, did have a plane scene. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And I think she was even, I'm going to give her credit, she was even more clever than the 11th Doctor. He just got on there and helped land the plane. She, on the other hand, went back in time, gave them the instructions on how to save themselves. So cleverness, right. she actually was more clever than he was in that aspect. That's right. You know, one could argue. Yeah. And I don't want to pick on the <laughs> music. But since we're talking about it being fun, I can't help but think that some of the reason that I smiled was, and I'll go ahead and say when it was, it was when 
we thought the doctor was driving up the side of the sp- the spire thing and he's going up it mm, on the sure. motorbike and you're hearing that bump 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 you know or whatever's playing in the background and that had your blood you know pumping and getting you into it that's what i think it is sort of missing maybe does it every time man. yeah the music was fabulous so let's get a little bit outside the box. Specifically, let's find the box. And I'm going to point this to you, Lee. There is a mention of something in this episode that you are f- quite familiar with slash photogenic with. So oh. why don't you <laughs> talk about the square, Earl a joke, Square. little joke for people uh, in the UK who would know exactly what the guy is talking about. Um, the uh, What is the character's name? Mahler, who is uh, uh, one of the people running the show up there in the spire. And uh, when uh, when he's told to, uh, to find that box, uh, then they bring <laughs> it up on the screen and he says, are we sure this time Earl's court was an embarrassment? And for us in the US, that's a It'd be a total throwaway line, yeah. But um, over my head. But um, Earl's Court is is an underground stop, and when you come up onto the street, you are greeted with London's last remaining police public call box. And um, yeah, I've been there, and of course had to get a had to get a photograph with that thing, um, and spend some time peeking inside. Uh, when I was there, it was uh, uh, it was really hard to see inside. I know that it, it's. I think it's there because there needs to be one police box, right? <laughs> At least. And it, it is certainly pleases the Doctor Who fans that it's there. But it is uh, full of security equipment. It is, um, it's got a camera on top of it um, instead of the light. And so it's, it's watching. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it is, it is a, <laughs> a monitor. Um, and as pointed out in this, in this episode, uh, London is all about the closed circuit TV. That's Yes. Uh, when we used to, we would see that so much on Torchwood and I thought, are they making yep. that up? And then the next time I was there, I noticed, no, they're not. No, Those, they're the not. Cameras are everywhere. You know, a lot of big cities, they face this struggle. They say, do we want cameras watching us all the time? And then you install them, you put people watching them and you watch the crime rate go down you go, well, I guess we did. Yeah. But we are being watched all the time. <laughs> so, yeah. I liked in this episode how they also used the cell phones to track, which, you know, I get I'm guessing around this time this came out. Cell phones are kind of pre- more prevalent with cameras and video and things. So um, very much a good use of, of integrating the current technology into their story to where I didn't feel like it didn't age. I feel like it aged well. You know, it just fit fit with the flow of uh, of the show. And of course, it's something we're still still doing now. So. I will say that for all the, the tech, the tech, they threw out some, a few uh, social media, uh, social networks that some of them I didn't knew, which I think I, <laughs> I didn't know, but I think some of them were maybe for the Euro- European and overseas. So that's why I didn't know them like Bebo and a few right. others. I, I had no idea what they were talking yeah. about, but of course the, the Twitter, hit, yes. you know, <laughs> we know what Twitter is. And they mentioned Foursquare, which we know was gobbled up by Facebook, basically. That's right. Wasn't it? Yeah. And I, I believe so. And then yeah. there's the, you know, the thing that we were all excited about that just kind of fazzled and dazzled <laughs> and dazzled no one, which was Google Plus. I remember it was <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I want my Google Plus. And then everybody got it. It was like, eh, mm. eh. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Eh. 
Isn't it funny in our lifetime to watch these things come and go? I mean, it's a time yeah. of rapid change, but we're, as all, all of us as fans of the MCU, we don't think of the, the history of those movies as being very so very long, right? But go back to the first one, go back to Iron Man, and one of the first things in the movie is, don't let me see this on your MySpace page. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't age well. Yeah. <laughs> no. That is, and for anyone watching a certain show, you will understand what I mean by that. That MySpace was probably a uh, variant, a variant <laughs> mm, of sorry. something. Spoilers. Yeah. I'm just, I, I'm not saying variant of what, I'm just right. saying yeah. variant. But Clarence, I want to point something to you because I thought you, and you obviously were about what you just said, I thought you would be really into this episode specifically for their reference to the internet and some of the things that they were doing to upload people. And I find it interesting that this is 2013, so it was basically shot and written in 2012 for all intents and purposes. They're already at that time talking about basically giving our lives over to the internet. Now we're almost 10 years later how do you think that's progressed 10 years, in your opinion? The cat's out the bag. The floodgates are open. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're definitely in it now. And this is kind of the beginnings of them taking these ideas of stuff we were just starting to do and, and kind, kind of extrapolating out where it's going to go and making a good story around it. I do love how the basic premise of how they are capturing these souls is using Something that all of us, I'm sure we did more so in the early, late aughts, early teens of just jumping on the first Wi-Fi network we saw that was open, which now in 2021, we know that's kind of a no-no. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do I really want to jump on this free Wi-Fi? But I, I love yeah. how they use that as the, the premise in this episode as, as us suckers um, yearning for some free Internet. Um, and, and yeah, I, I just thought that was that was fabulous. Oh, it's one of my favorite things about it. And again, curiously, that I'd forgotten about that, you know, uh, so often the show, especially at Christmas, wants to take something that we believe is benign, Santa Claus, snowmen, Christmas trees and so on, and make them the villain. Um, a lot of times the show has successfully done that with advents of technology. You know, I think just when everybody was starting to go around with earbuds in their ears is when we had the Cybermen story where that was the way that the Cybermen were getting you. Um, And so now it's the now it's Wi-Fi. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And as the doctor says, the world is swimming in Wi-Fi. We live in Wi-Fi soup, which is true. We do. Yeah. And, and we're getting more so into the soup. I mean, literally look at all of these, uh, you know, you've got your smart home devices and that wasn't commonplace 10 years ago. I mean, you, you had some things where you could control your lights or, and so forth, but you didn't have the connectivity that Apple gives us, that Amazon gives us, that Google gives us. And even now the mesh technology that they're getting into that communicates it even more so, uh, you know, just just really, really, really interesting. And I thought it aged well. You know, it really mm-hmm. seemed yeah. to age well. So what did you guys think of this, that Clara was using her 
123RYCBAR, that password. Thoughts about 123RYCBAR? Thoughts? Um, that's maybe a, a part of the story that I started to feel it was just too much of coincidence, but clever to us, the watcher, to think that it's cool and interesting, but really is that is that our wi-fi password i don't know uh so so things like that and even just backing back just a little bit um and i'm sure this is probably explained in another episode that i i don't remember but how did she get the phone number for the tech support the woman in the shop to, but we don't know who the woman in the shop is yet I, i'm assuming yes <laughs> it was the woman in the shop okay i got Spoilers, that yeah. <laughs> yes the woman in the shop okay <laughs> yeah at this point, it is yeah not to be able to spoil, right? Right. Um, no, no. I, I, I mean, from for us as audience members, that I think that most of us, pretending like I don't know anything that's coming next, we're we're on board with the idea that somehow the three um, Claras that we've met so far, the three versions of uh, of her, um, are somehow mystically linked. So it's not outrageous that she would have come up with run you clever boy and remember as a mnemonic for remembering this house's password, which is probably just a random string of numbers and letters. Um, and that that has somehow influenced the other Claras so that they say that to him or something like that, you know, but mm, it makes no sense now. Right. And, and it has to make sense to us now, or it's not good right. television. But, but, no, I know you're, you're, you're always saying you, you can forgive it by something that happens down the line. I say, no, if it doesn't make sense in this episode, then it's not good television. <laughs> if we're not, don't, you know, unless it's supposed to be, we're planting the seeds for a mystery. But, but I think we are, yes, aren't we? Yes, we are. But I'm saying, so, so while we know that's true on the one hand, on the other hand, it feels really on the nose. Yeah. To hear her say it again, it's. I was just having the same debate with somebody about the, uh, believe it or not, about the uh, the Bee Gees Sergeant Pepper movie, which m my mother adores. It may be her favorite movie of all time, and I can't stand it because <laughs> just it it is a um, it is a very heavy-handed forced storyline as an excuse for using a lot of Beatles songs. So, you know, the soundtrack album is great because it's all these covers of Beatles songs. That's cool. But, you know, I think the point where that where it breaks for me is that there's a young woman who we'll meet who is a member of the Fields family who we've met. And her first name is Strawberry. <laughs> Strawberry Fields. Strawberry Field. And that's the point at which I go. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't take this anymore. You know? So her name is Strawberry Fields. Yes. Okay, so you've always loved my segues, right? <laughs> I, okay. I can't wait to see how you get from there. <laughs> okay, so maybe Summer Fields would read a book. I mean, Strawberry Fields might read a book called Summer Falls. Perhaps. That's, that's pretty good. I like that. I don't know, but thank you, sir. And I love the nod. I love the nod. To, written by Amelia Williams. Amelia Williams. I thought that was so cool. Yeah. 
Clarence, you didn't like that. I can see it on your face. I, I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, the, yeah, the, 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 the girl that um, Amelia was there uh, sitting, uh, Amelia, that... Um, Clara. The Clara, yeah. The, the book that the, uh, the girl that Clara is sitting with, the, she's, the book she's reading is, uh, no, it's, there, there's a girl and a boy, right? Yeah, girl and a boy. Yeah, anyway, one of them is reading a book by Amelia Williams. Really? Called Summer Falls. Called Summer Falls. I totally, yeah. I totally, and she's and that. she goes on to say, she says something about I'm on chapter ten, mm -hmm. and, and Clara says, "Oh, chapter eleven is really sad." Yeah, it'll make you cry mm. like a baby. Yeah, yeah. So, and if hmm. and if the time frame is right, and, and they were very uh, precise about this because the cover art is illustration of a certain time period so yeah so this is a book from you know kind of way back kind of from mm. the like 30s and 40s mm -hmm. yeah as it would be as it would be interesting as it would be hmm. and i think the bbc and merchandising actually produced this book i think i remember seeing it at barnes and noble one time in the sci-fi wow. section that they right. and there it was an actual book you know you Mm -hmm. It was about a little girl, and the little girl on the cover of the book is the spoonhead robot's facade that appears to Clara. Oh, wow. Talk about tie-ins. Yeah, that was really, really cool. Well, that goes to you guys' point of the merchandising lately mm -hmm. in the later, in the current seasons. It's They're doing things like this back, yes. back on, on this series, and, and now it's kind of non-existent. Yep. You know? Speaking of, and it, that was very ironic that you brought that up, Clarence, uh, I didn't have anything for lunch today and I wasn't hungry. So I went to Barnes and Nobles for the first time <laughs> in over a year. Yeah. And um, so I actually went into a bookstore, like I said, for the first time in a year. And I looked for the Doctor Who merchandising. And, and kept I kept looking. <laughs> now, they had reconfigured the store and moved the bookcases around to create, and I give them credit, a more open environment. So I think that was at the expense of some of the incidentals and probably some of the merchandising might have been some of the incidentals that was victim to that. But still, I did not find any Doctor Who. And I also did not see any Doctor Who magazines included in the sci-fi magazines. So, mm. and it was always a Doctor Who, you know, like several Doctor Who magazines. Maybe it was just sold out. Maybe that's... The, or it could just be a result of, of, of COVID. Yeah, and it could know, be a result maybe. of COVID. Exactly. So let's talk really quick about Clara meeting the Doctor. And I know we've referenced Clara in general, but what did you guys think of Clara and the Doctor's interactions in those first 10 or 15 minutes there together. And Clarence, I'll point it back to you again, since Clara is your favorite. First, him having the phone call with her and having that realization of, of who it, it was he was talking to, which took far too long, in my opinion. I thought he should have knew instantly from the voice. But of course, he shows up and uh, I just love having that interaction of where he knows who she is and he is trying to, I guess, get her to open the door to to actually see her face to face. But of course, he just seems like a creepy guy at her door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> trying to break his way in. So I, I love the the irony of that. And, you know, he's he's there to 
she she's under my protection. That's what he's there for. And I, I just thought all of that first interaction was playful and, and fun. And um, just the the way he, the point that where he knows so much information or he seemingly knows so much information about her and, and, and she knows nothing of him. And, you know, he's in a monk outfit <laughs> while he's there. So it's just a lot of fun. Let's back up to the 13th century and ask ourselves, why is he in a monastery and the 13th century anyway um he's contemplating yeah that's where he goes to think yeah and it's it's a good place for it i like the fact that one of the other monks says well he's no monk which i think means he's he's had some girls in there or something yeah um so that's kind of fun but um or he's a mad monk. yes 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 yes. and i loved that so yeah for fans of the classic series that seemed like um, maybe a little bit of a misdirection that we were starting to wonder if we were going to uh, see the one that um, spoilers was left marooned in the Middle Ages. Um, that would have been cool. So yeah, we we have yet to pick back up on him, but um, but yeah, uh, it, it is fun if you know um, you know the sort of history of monastic of monasteries and cathedrals is that very often they do have distinctive bells and that there are whole communities that you know resonate daily to the sound of the bells of saint mary's or you know whatever and so this is a a lovely bit of misdirection for us is that it sounds like this episode is probably going to be about something like that maybe but it's not it's a misunderstanding of theirs based on the saint john's ambulance service um sign on the tardis and the bell is they've never heard it before of course it's the phone ringing um and the doctor is surprised and he says it he says it 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 can't do that but we have heard his phone ring before haven't we have we before then or is it after then okay tell me when Mm -hmm. mommy mommy yes i forgot about that yep The Ah. the empty child calls his telephone Ah, and see, I was thinking about mommy already, mm-hmm. and you already beat me to it. So there you, there you go. But also, I had never noticed before that his the, the, the cord on his phone becomes incredibly elastic when he pulls. Yes, <laughs> there's no reason for that at all, except that it allows him to do some funny business with it. So, so the funny part for me is, all these years, I thought this monastery was named Saint John. Dum Dum here did not figure out until watching it this time that the bells of St. John was the phone ringing, which was like so freaking obvious, but I did not uh, get that the first time through. I think I was so focused on Clara. Well, right. But there's just shot of the ambulance badge on the door that pushes onto the phone. So if you're not thinking about it, you're blinking, you'll miss it. So let me ask you guys this. Did you expect, and thinking of it in the context of not knowing that this is the Clara that goes forward, did you think when you saw the third Clara, this Clara, that we would see her die at the end? Were you? Did you have that in the back of your head? Hmm. I think for me, the fact that it was a modern day, I didn't think that she would, you know, go so quickly. <laughs> So, yeah, that's what kind of tipped it off for me. Um, but but definitely if for, you know, watching this in real time and he's seeing what's happened to the last two, 
mm-hmm. uh, uh, Clara and, and Oswin, you would definitely think that, uh, you know, maybe this is the thing they're doing this season, you know? True. What about you, Lee? What do you yeah. remember? I Maybe, I don't remember when I saw this last, but this time it struck me. She hits the floor and has her, and her soul is leaving her body twice in this episode. It really seems like yes. she's not going to make it out of this alive. And I, and I was thinking, I don't remember. So does she die again in this? Is, <laughs> wait, was that what happened this season that she out Rory's Rory? Is that? <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Okay. So I, I thought she might stick around only because we saw a modern age version of her in the closing of the snowman. You know, we saw somebody in modern times. So my assumption was that she she was real, that she'd be around. But until I finished watching this episode and completed it, I wasn't sold because I was thinking, I don't want to believe that she's staying around. And then at the last minute, you know, something happened and she dies or right. whatever. But after she survived this one, I was like, okay, good, bad, ugly, this is the character that you know that we'll have going forward and what i mean is i wondered not that i'm saying i dislike claire i'm meaning i didn't know if she was friend or foe because if you don't know what she is what if because think about it going into it without knowing who clara becomes you go into it looking at it as who is she what is she what's going on do you trust her do you not because you don't know who she is she could have been the running for all we know at this point, a lot of the things that people complain about Clara, this might be spoilers, but is that she's kind of a Dr. Light. And I loved in this episode that when she was initially uploaded, we got the we got the pe- the technicians explaining, oh, she's very clever, but she's not the smartest computer person, technical genius in the world. But it kind of reversed it and gave her a reason to be much smarter and even more technically savvy than she was at the very beginning Mm -hmm. because she had all the collective memories of everybody that was in the nexus or system whatever they called it so in a sense she kind of gets the collective knowledge of the human race and i don't know if that was taken away from her by the end of this episode i don't think they said it was so um i think they assume we're to assume that we're to assume that it did because there's something that the doctor makes and a statement that he makes, and it's almost a throwaway line, but it's to the effect of they're going to find you. You've you've got access to all of this and they're not going to let you keep it. Yeah, that makes sense. It makes sense because she, when she got uh, 100 percent into the Internet thingy, um, I think that's what probably took it away when she came back out, because a lot of people came back out. So that would that would make sense to me. Cool. So one last thing I want to say on Clara, and this is just a good foreshadowing that I did not even realize until I watched this again. One of the things that she says in this, the first real Clara episode is, I don't know where I am. And we hear, we will hear that again. I won't say when, but she says several times, I don't know where I am. And we will, trust me, believe Mm. me, we will hear that again. So you guys are intelligent gentlemen. So the last thing I want to ask you guys about, and Lee, I'll point this to you first. The great intelligence we see again. Was the great intelligence really great or was he somewhat great or not so great? 
<laughs> well, he's messed up again. Um, cross paths with the doctor. Um, but he's certainly still out there doing stuff. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I did not remember that at all. And so I was squinting at my screen. Was that Richard E. Grant? Mm hmm. Yes. He's not he's not credited. No, he was uncredited for for the for that very reason. They wanted him okay to not be credited to not spoil. Okay. Doctor Simeon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, that's is so. Now, the great intelligence is now wearing his face. Bingo. Okay. Yeah, mm. that's cool. Gotcha. Because we cannot afford Sir Ian. McKellen. Well, that's true. You <laughs> you can't. Keep, I mean. He said you, a few you, lines at Christmas, and that's <laughs> literally all we, she wrote. Cashed out. Well, if they're going to try to blow their budget on people, you know, before you know it, they'll be trying to get, I don't know. Sir Patrick Stewart. That would be the Some crossover joke. of crossovers. Sir Patrick Stewart. <laughs> As the 14th no. Doctor. Did it, did it work? Yeah, well, I, I was just blanking on the man's name for a second. What I was trying to say was the way they're reaching for, for the stars here, getting Sir Ian McKellen in it, you know, before you know it, they're going to try to get John Hurt into the series or, you know. That'll never happen. That'll never happen, so, no. So, so never mind, yeah. It's no. just a wish dream, <laughs> yeah. He he might make a good companion. Yeah. Maybe, mm -hmm. John Hurt. Yeah. Yeah. You see that. Okay. I could see that. Or the master, or the master. Oh, yeah. yeah, or the master. Uh, what the? But you know, uh, it's easy to overlook in a war um, story. It, no, 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 no. I, I don't no, want to no. see it. Maybe a Christmas. Uh, maybe a Christmas. A Christmas. Yeah. Some kind of special yeah. episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. This episode does, however, have Celia Emery, who is an actress that I very much admire, and uh, it, it because she's playing the piece villain here, it's sort of easy to overlook if you don't know her from a thousand other things as I do, you, you, you might not, you know, but, but watch her break down at the end. And you see, we are, this is an actress of no common quality because anybody can say, yes, I'm the evil genius and I love showing off and I'm going to, you know, anybody can do that. But when she realizes the jig is up and that she doesn't know what the great intelligence is going to do to her, that's an amazing scene. And then this heartbreaking mm -hmm. thing of what he did. Yeah. I mean, and she, wow. She was awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. See the Emory, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Look her up. So, so I'm assuming we ought to believe that Miss Kislet, she got consumed by the great intelligence when she was five or six or very yeah, young. Right. Yeah. Very young. Yeah, I love how they kind of shadowed Simeon right. mm -hmm. when he was imprinted at a very yeah. young age. So he kind of lost mm -hmm. his childhood as well. So, but but great, great acting on that scene, just so wonderful. <laughs> you you make me wonder now if uh, if that character, if she, uh, if if the last thing she remembers is making a snowman. Interesting. Um, <laughs> but but you know what's what's cool about this is you guys just answered my own my question about did the great intelligence prevail as a character in this i don't think it was the great intelligence that prevailed the great intelligence i think it is the avatar of 
the great intelligence, meaning this character that we're just talking about, that prevailed and sold the great intelligence here. Because we don't even see a disembodied voice at the beginning. We know she's talking and working for the client, etc. But I think she sold that. And what was cool, and Clarence, I want you to comment on this, on the technology, being able to take and say, oh, I want you to like agree with me, <laughs> you know, or I don't, yeah, I want yeah. you to care about nothing. Yeah. What, what did you think? Yeah, of what were the, what were the four axes on her control? There was IQ and conscious paranoia and, and paranoia. And like, did you have, were you, did you have a conscience? Yeah. Uh, you know, like, would you care about things? Right. Were you paranoid? And what was your IQ? I think those were the, th was there four? I thought there were four. Hmm. I can't maybe loyalty, it maybe? Yeah. It's a fun idea, though, isn't it? So what did you think? I, I, I thought that was cool. I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it, it was interesting. I mean, overall, I think it was pretty interesting how they were able to convey this this being in the internet or nexus or whatever you want to call it and also the controlling of of that individual worker i forget his name but they they conveyed all of this without the real use of any techno babble they kind of just said it and we believed it so um in in that sense i think it worked great because even though we don't really get a great explanation of how she can control his thoughts and actions you know all we had to do was see the ipad with the <laughs> with the leverage you know? <laughs> yeah and, and you know all we had to do was see the tv screens with the people you know saying I'm, I'm, get me out of here you know that's all we had to see to get this very you know i think on paper a complicated thing um they they very elegantly kind of conveyed that to us in, in a way that was that i felt was was very easy to understand agreed and when they are released, these people, you see that these people that are working at the computers are being controlled because one of the guys that's working there in the business suit starts looking at himself and says, I was here to fix the toilet, <laughs> you know, and he's been roped in and as part of the conglomerate or whatever. Yeah. They gave him a different skill set. He's <laughs> Yes. Uh so, guys, do you have any other things on your list that we haven't covered before we get into favorite quote? I think we got to talk about the airplane. I, 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 okay. I love it whenever we open the TARDIS doors and we're not where we expect to be. And that's been true since 1963. I just always love that. And so when it's someplace really improbable, like <laughs> the cabin of a jumbo jet, that's just... Yeah, I just love it. And the doctor, of course, as always, yeah. he's just having a ball. Death is imminent. But look, <laughs> I'm a thousand years old. I got two hearts and I'm flying a plane. He says, and I can't fly a plane, but, you know, he throttles it up. Yeah. But we never yeah, see was... him land it, though. Did you notice that? Well, no, because the uh, the pilot and co-pilot will wake up. Oh, pilot. the pilots come. Yeah, yes. he, okay. he gets in there yeah. and turns off the, yeah. the Wi-Fi. So, yeah. Okay, got you. Yeah. yeah, I love the fact, and go back and look at the scene. Clara goes into the TARDIS with a mug in her hand. Because yes. she's outside talking to the doctor. She never <laughs> <She's so> got... <laughs> lets go of that mug through the whole scene. 
all the way up until they get back in the TARDIS after, you know, uh, saving the airplane. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. So so cool. I'm looking at, on my other monitor right now. I'm looking at a shot of her in the cockpit with her hair in her face. And she's saw that mug right here. <laughs> this will save me. <laughs> yeah. And how I spilt it, it's a TARDIS temporal grace. Who That's knows? Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and we also got a pretty cool scene. We got the doctor um, changing wardrobe. So he goes yes. under the, the the deck and you know pulls out some clothes. So that was cool. And we get another Clara moment of her almost saying it's bigger on the inside, but the doctor says it for you know. Yeah, <laughs> I we thought don't that have was time. fun as well. <laughs> we yeah, don't have time. time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I like the fact that they did you know they did show the tweed jacket. He throws it on the floor. He picks up this one, and this is what we see from this moment forward literally is you know here's the purple jacket so i know we don't usually get into the clothes here that much but that said tweed jacket purple jacket which is your favorite beyond that the bow tie is in its own little case as if like this is the most precious thing i own it was so great <laughs> so i i, I oh man it does suggest which one is better a clip on tie which i I find disappointing. I don't. <laughs> that's disappointing. Not so cool. Not so cool. Now we know, but we know he does wear ties. Ties. He you does. Know, yeah. Because we have seen it on ties. So yeah. We, yeah. But this one. <laughs> um, but yes, but you were going to say, Clarence, about this. Yeah. I, no, I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the new threads. They're great. Right. I love it. So we got one for the purple jacket, Lee. Well, see, my problem is that I like the texture and color of the other one, but I love the cut of this one. Okay. I don't think that cut would look right in that material. So anyway, I like them both. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, even though I like them both, I think I like this one better. I just, it, I just like the, the darker color. And I think it just suits, it suits the tone of him going forward. How about that? I like the tone of him in this jacket going forward. If they say the clothes make the Time Lord, then this made the Time Lord. All right, so favorite quote. Lee, I will start with you. Favorite quote. What was your favorite quote? It's almost a giveaway in this episode, I think. Uh, Clara gets a good joke. Isn't that basically Twitter? (laughs) It only makes sense in context. The doctor's line is, this whole world is swimming in Wi-Fi. We're living in Wi-Fi soup. Suppose someone got inside it. Suppose there was something living in the Wi-Fi, harvesting human minds, extracting them. Imagine that. Human souls trapped like flies in the World Wide Web, stuck forever, crying out for help. Is that basically twist? <laughs> no, it. I'm not going to say it. Trust me. I'm not going to say it. I'll say it after we stop recording. <laughs> All right. Clarence, favorite quote. This is in the TARDIS. Clara says, okay, when are you going to explain to me what the hell is going on? Breakfast. What? I'm not. I, I ain't waiting till breakfast. It's a time machine. You never have to wait for breakfast. breakfast. I, I have <laughs> so seen good. that on a t-shirt too. Yeah. <laughs> so this one is like out of left field, but it just stuck in my head. So, so it's my favorite quote, even though it's not really that fantastic, but no one loves cattle more than Burger King. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised about a Burger King reference. Yeah, right, though. but still, <laughs> but it's true. No one loves cattle 
More than Burger King. Yep. So my favorite scene, I'll start with favorite scene. And it is something that we just referred to was the almost, are you my mommy moment? You know, I wanted her to start going, mommy, but she didn't. You know, but that that fear that she was able to just immediately turn on, she felt to me like a small child, the way she acted and was looking around. And when the when the unit people came in, she looked terrified and that she sold that really, really quickly. So that was my favorite scene. Clarence, what about you? Uh, it has to be the plain scene, but I'll add on to that. Um just the whirlwind of where he took Clara in those few minutes. They were in her front yard. He took her in a tortoise. I'm on a crashing plane. We saved the plane, jump back on. And now it's morning. So, yeah. so what a great adventure for her to start off with. Yeah. And it does not run her off, which says so much no. about her, right? Because yeah. even the Victorian Clara she climbed that spiral staircase into the sky, which most people would not do. But when she got up to the door, <laughs> you know, yeah, she yeah. backs away. <laughs> but, you know, uh, anyway, favorite scene. I love that scene in the coffee shop where um, the, what, what is the character's name? Uh, Miss Kislet. Um, where Miss Kislet is showing off by, possessing various people and them having them talk to to the doctor yes Creepy. all the performances yeah. in there from all of those people involved and that script and then of course the divine actress her, her voice over it all it's just yeah that's a really troubling scene and and, yeah. it, and if you're like me you're watching this happen and you're thinking get back out there to where clara is I think you need to walk away from this and go make sure Clara's okay because <laughs> you know, that's where my mind is. And then when the when he walks out, and then you as the viewer have to watch and figure out that he's mirroring what she's saying. Mm -hmm. It's not quite. You're him, okay. Is it? Yes, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. You're I'm here. here. Yes, I am here. here. <laughs> or whatever. Uh, yeah. Right. All right. So final rating, Lee. I'll start with you. Final rating. What give? What give? writing of you i don't know what uh what i was thinking because i i just don't remember this as being an episode that i loved but i just loved everything about it uh, so i'm giving it five crashing jetliners out of five awesome <laughs> lee what i mean clarence what say you i will give this episode 4.5 snog boxes <laughs> out of five <laughs> all right I will give this five opportunities to say mommy out of five is what That's I... That's not in the episode. But it was an opportunity for me to say it because of this episode. I guess. But... I don't think you have the spirit of this thing. Okay. Okay. All right. So I will give this five... Okay. I will give this... Okay. This is, this is being real. I will give this five purple jackets out of five nice how's nice. that nice nice awesome in our closing clarence what are you reading watching or where else can you be found on the internet i just started watching the scream of the shulka hmm. if i'm saying that correctly yes first episode i really enjoyed so i think i'm gonna watch the other four episodes 
four five. or five yeah. episodes as soon as I can. Very good. Yeah, let me just add that this is probably blasphemy. At least for the first episode, I enjoyed it more than I have enjoyed the reanimated classic mm-hmm. episodes. And I think the reason is, is that these are purposely voice acted performance for animation. Mm-hmm. So they over-exaggerate on something. I mean, they make it more of a voice acted animated right. performance right. versus, yeah. you know, seeing a normal human that's animated yeah. <laughs> later. Right. No, I think that's a really good call. And it's one of the things that I enjoyed about Richard E. Grant's performance. He's got some lovely things to say, and he's not hes not talking to the camera. He's talking to the microphone. And, and, for, and let me add this. From the visual aspect of the recreations, those points to where the animated character is walking into the room and you've got that uncomfortable, awkward, just kind of <laughs> walking in that is taking two or three seconds too long to get where you're going <laughs> wouldn't have felt that way if you saw the real person. So yeah, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And they would have cut that down probably in an animated version, a real truly animated version. And not having yeah. to match anything from another production, this team got to Correct. decide what the Shaka looked like. And so they yes. fall out. <laughs> so Lee, what about you? I am still deeply hypnotized by the Danish TV series Bad Hotel, uh, known in America as Seaside Hotel. It, it, it's a soap opera. You you would either love it or you just wouldn't care, couldn't care less. But it's just, um, I'm just fascinated. I'm fascinated by European history anyway. And we're in, we're in Denmark and it's 1939. Bleep is about to get real for these people. And some of them know it and some of them don't. And so that's just real interesting to watch. So I have been actually very busy lately. So I haven't been watching as much as what I would love to be watching. So I can't say, oh, I'm watching this or I'm watching that. Guys, thank you always, you know, for joining me. This is fun. And I'm still getting adjusted to the video, even though I have the screen hidden so that I can't see myself. Oh. I don't see the two of you. Then you're not getting so, used to it. Yeah, so uh, for everyone listening and watching, glad that you are here. You, you did not have, have to, to. yeah. In, and in closing, I have one funny, mm. uh, and I'll tell it really, really quick, and it goes right into what we're doing right here. So I had to do two training uh, videos today, live performances uh, for some people that were a part of a company that was purchased by the company I work for. And... At the end, I'm, you know, I'm on video, I'm talking to them, looking at them like this, and I'm supposed to tell them that we're glad to have you joining the company, <laughs> et cetera, and so forth. And I said, and I kid you not, we're glad to have you. We're glad that you're here, and we will be <laughs> sending you some information yeah. very soon. <laughs> and I caught myself. And a guy that I work with that listens to us mm. after it was over pretty much said, yeah, I know where you were going. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, we'll be back next time. It's force of habit. It man. happens. Yes, indeed. And well, so how many times have you done this? I mean, this is... I have no idea. I mean, it's hundreds now. So, yeah. So, with that, yes. thank you for being here. And we will be back next time. You've been listening to The Discussing Network. Find out more at discussingnetwork.com.